Welcome to 24 Hour Expert, where we challenge each other to see what we can learn on random topics in just a day. I'm Allie. And I'm Amy. Let's see what we've learned. Okay, Allie, are you ready for this week's episode? I am. Let's do it. You have no idea what this week's topic is, and I bet you, you couldn't guess if you tried. Okay, I I will try. I will give you a couple hints. Okay. It is an animal. Animal, okay. It can fly. Fly. And it's commonly found in like, well, it's found a lot of places, but how we would have context for it is like in cities. A pigeon or a seagull? A pigeon. Nailed it. So this is brought to us by our friend Zoe, who suggested naked mole rats. We got a (laughs) second... Requests and frankly, this one really piqued my interest because I was curious about pigeons and how they were domesticated and all the things that pigeons do. And frankly, it is fascinating. All right, let's talk about pigeons then. Let's Thank talk you, about Zoe. pigeons, right? It just it just made my heart so happy. So apparently, my themes are food and animals. These are the things I like to talk about. That's season three, Amy. I guess. <laughs> okay. So, what is a pigeon? A pigeon is a stout seed or fruit-eating bird with a small head, short legs, a cooing voice, typically having gray and white plumage. Okay. Okay. I was going to say a garbage bird, but that's cool. Cool. Well, you know, there are there are a spectrum of pigeons, which we're going to get into. Not into great scientific detail, because that really is Science Alley's realm, but there are literally... Pigeons that are fancy pigeons. Like, that is a type of pigeon. I'm not just using that as a descriptor. I believe it. And then there are feral pigeons, which are what you would be referencing right now. (laughs) So, garbage pigeons, I guess. I I really hope we don't hurt any pigeon feelings in the making of this episode. Sorry, pigeons, that I called you garbage. (laughs) Well, they don't know. Okay, so let's talk some science about pigeons. So pigeons have plump bodies, short legs, thin and relatively short beaks. Their tails are fan-shaped and their wings are pointed. There is technically no difference between doves and pigeons, scientifically speaking. Interesting. Okay. They all belong to the columbade. I hope I'm saying that right. I tried to listen to it a few times. Columbade family. In fact, common pigeons are also known as rock doves. Nicer description than I gave them. Nice. Yes, garbage birds. (laughs) Honestly, we started out strong on this one. So, So, however, through selective breeding, people have developed domestic pigeon varieties with many interesting patterns and colors. So you'll commonly see some like blue in even the feral pigeons because all of the breeding that's been done over centuries. Okay. Descendants of these birds are called feral pigeons. We've already kind of covered this. They are typically, however, brown, gray, black, or white. Okay, so the plainer. Yes, the garbage pigeons, the garbage birds. The garbage birds. More neutral colors. The fancy pigeons, fancier colors. All right. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yep. So I want to give a huge shout out, I meant to say this earlier, to Mass Audubon. This is where I got a lot of really great information. Just so many interesting things. There's a few other resources I use, but that was a great spot. So shout out to them. So back to our pigeon friends. Pigeons are flocking birds. They are amongst the strongest and swiftest of the avian flyers. 
Their flight muscles make up about one-third of their total body weight, and some of them can get up to 94 miles per hour. Wow. Yes. What is a flocking bird? Meaning they live in flocks. They're not, like, independent. Oh, flock, like a flock of like birds. Like a flock I of got birds. It. Yes. I was thinking it was something to do with feathers. Okay. Also, pigeons are monogamous. Pairs oh. stay together throughout their lives, and they both raise their young. So they typically have two-ish babies at a time, eggs. They lay two eggs at a time. They're born. They're raised together. They have something that's called pigeon milk, which is a secretion produced by part of the digestive system called the crop that is rich in fat, protein, and vitamins. It's very similar to mammal's milk. That is a very interesting fact. Pigeon's milk. Pigeon's milk. That'll be the next trendy thing to get in your latte. Oh, gross. Sorry. I just grossed myself out. They feed them this pigeon's milk for the first three or four days, and then they move into a typical bird diet of seeds and, and all the grasses and things like that because they are vegetative birds. But they really only raise their young for four to six weeks, and then they were literally trying to start having more babies. So pigeons don't have seasons. It's just if, as long as there's enough food and they're ready to reproduce, they'll reproduce. Do you think that's because... They've been so domesticated, or do you think that's just how pigeons are? Well, it seems to me that that's just how pigeons are, because when we get into some of the history of it, either that or they've been domesticated for so long, because they really have, that we don't know any differently. Gotcha. Okay, just curious. So, most pigeons, wild pigeons, live in nests and cliffs and ledges, caves. They eat seeds and berries and vegetation, a Occasionally a small creature, but more like in insect varietal. So like a fly, you know? Right. Um, so then when we're talking about our garbage birds or our feral pigeons, <laughs> they essentially replicate that behavior, but in city spaces. So overpasses, building ledges, rafters, underneath bridges, stuff like that. But they also have a little bit different diet because obviously they're still getting seeds from vacant lots. And sadly, a lot of like people who are planting grasses in neighborhoods, they eat a lot of grass seed in, in city areas because it's obviously readily available, but also like handouts from people, food waste, garbage, garbage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, your description was not that far off. Hey, they're foraging and I get it. Right. They're, they're just making the living like everybody else. Yeah. They're just out here trying to survive in the city, you know? Exactly, exactly. Pigeons in the city. Pigeons in the city. Coming next fall. Let's talk domesticated pigeons. We've gotten a great introduction to general pigeon varietals. Let's talk about fancy pigeons. So, a little bit of history. Pigeons have served key roles in human societies from everything to being food. Sad. We're going to skip past that one. Pets holy animals, messengers, and a little bit sacrificial. We're also probably going to skip that one. But that's kind of the range, right? Okay. Wow. Yeah, they've, they've had a lot of roles. They've had a sure. lot of roles. The The earliest recorded mention of pigeons came about 5,000 years ago. Okay. Wow. A long time. Might you venture a guess on where it was from? Hmm. Mesopotamia? Yes. For all of you listeners, that was teamwork because I apparently cannot say that word. So that was a plant. But the fact is still true. <laughs> so we have knowledge of this only because they were carved into rock formations as 
pictures to explain or example of the earliest man-made structures to house pigeons. Oh, So it was kind of like a little blueprint for a pigeon house. How fun. How fun. So despite having examples from even that far back, there's very little known about the specifics of their initial domestication. We just know that they were used in a lot of parts of history. So ancient Egyptians kept vast quantities of them, both in some messenger capacities, but also for ritualistic purposes, but also for travel. And then as the New World colonized, the domestic pigeon was brought as an early source of food and then really shifted quickly into messenger status. Around the 18th century, European interests really changed, and this is when fancy pigeons really got their moment in the sun. So they stopped looking at them as functional and started looking at them as entertainment. So they started breeding and racing and doing all sorts of other fun, random pigeon growth things, right? Like interbreeding and showing them and training them and and things along those lines. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Just a thought based on some of the things you said. How we were talking about the reproductive cycle of a pigeon. Like, they pretty much will breed year-round. They don't have a season. Once they get the young out, they're like, let's do it again. So, I wonder if that's why they made such a good food source. Mm -hmm. Because they just continually... So, maybe it is just a pigeon thing and not a bread to be a pigeon thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, Just a thought. because they hang out in flocks, there's usually a lot of them around, right? So it's not like an eagle where you're more just like with your partner. Yeah. You have a lot of source at the same time. And they, they hang out together. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a lot of different varietals were inbred during this time. So where you originally would have had like a Middle East type pigeon or a South Asia pigeon, the European breeders, for lack of a better term, pigeon collectors, uh, fanciers, that's what they're called, pigeon fanciers. Oh. That is their title. See, I'm telling you, very fancy. Um, Anyway, they had them shipped in, and then they bred them, and that's kind of what muddied the water. So that's why a lot of this is hard to identify now, because what would have been typical of a pigeon has just been bred so many times over that there may not be any true pigeons anymore, because... They've just been bred in all these different capacities. So the actual little fact said pigeons are nearly extinct, but only because they've been bred together so much that there's not a true pigeon anymore. That is a very interesting fact. Mm -hmm. So the fanciers just made them so fancy. We just got so involved that we don't actually know what a pigeon is anymore. Correct. Well, at least to the best of our knowledge, because they said nearly extinct, so... Clearly, they think there's some wild pigeons out there that are still original pigeons, for lack of a better term, I guess. Right, yeah. But not very many. And definitely not your garbage birds. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're mutts. They are. for sure. Yeah. But, you know, if that's true, very similar to dogs, they probably have healthier and more vibrant, whatever you want to call them. Genomes. Thank you. I was thinking, like, when when we get sick, what's that called? Not our nervous system. Why am I? Your immune immune system? system. Onwards for domestic pigeons. So trained domestic pigeons are able to return home if released at a location they have never visited before up to, and this is the debate, 620 miles or 1,300 miles away. So somewhere in that range, 
If wow. you drop them in a place they've never been before, they'll still make it home. Impressive either way. Yes. Which is also why homing pigeons and messenger pigeons, because you can send them back and forth to locations with different information. Makes sense. So we don't necessarily know, or at least I couldn't find a very pointed answer of exactly how they do this. There's a couple concepts that we think are true. One is that they have something called map sense, which is geographic location. And the second is compass sense, which is that they can fly based on essentially like the direction of the sun and different wind currents and things like that. So they're not really sure exactly which things come into play because they've tested both and the pigeons have still been able to make it home, which leads them to believe that there's some use of both of those things as long with others that are getting them to the same places. So they've also concluded that pigeons have a more sensitive magnetic field sensation that they can identify, that they can track based on different senses that we aren't aware exist. So all of those things are in at play, but essentially they can make it home regardless. That's very cool. That's very cool. So a special breed called homing pigeon has been developed through selective breeding to carry messages. The members of this variety of pigeons are still being used in the sport pigeon racing and in what you would typically see the white release doves for ceremonies at weddings and funerals. Those are actually homing pigeons because they will return after the event. Interesting. So are you going to talk about, let's say I have a homing pigeon and I want to send you a message. How does the pigeon know to go to you and then come back to me? You know, Allie, I'm not going to talk about that, <laughs> but we can definitely okay. look it up for the 125th hour. I, from what I can tell, they remember different places. So I'm thinking it's like a, I can teach you two places. So like you can send me a message and I can send it back to you. But I don't know how they tell the bird to do that or train the bird to do that. Yeah, because that seems like the hard part. Like I, I think it's impressive that you can go drop a bird 600 miles away and it'll come home. I would find it even more impressive that I can look at my bird and say, little garbage bird, go find Amy. Well, we have a bunch of fun facts. So we know it's happened because they actually did that during the war. A lot of countries in World War II had flocks of pigeons and they delivered messages to very specific locations. But I did not look on how they trained them to do that. Pigeons are like original GPS. Right? Honestly. Great topic suggestion. Somewhere along the naked mole rat line. I still can't get over that naked mole rat's teeth move independently of each other. I think about that occasionally since we learned about it. <laughs> like every time I eat sushi, I think naked mole rat, you know, like chopsticks, teeth. Oh, yeah. Yep. Same thing. Okay. Same gotcha. thing. So just a really brief overview on competitions and flying sports. Pigeon fanciers are what I individuals who do the sport of pigeons are called. <laughs> I'm not giving them enough credit, but they do pigeoning. So that this covers everything from individuals who develop exotic forms of pigeon, meaning they've bred spe specialty pigeons for either longer tails or different features, different colors, all the way to the individuals who do the flying sports and race them or have them compete in different, you know, exhibits. So they kind of do everything from who can get there fastest to who remembers the most locations all the way to who has the prettiest pigeon. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And essentially it comes down to judging the best of bird. Very similar to a dog show. Be right? Fun. Like agility, fanciness, temperament, that type of stuff. Oh, wow. Let's do some pigeon fun facts to wrap up this episode because I do have a lot of pigeon fun facts. So 
Okay. Let's start with some short ones because then I've got some longer ones that are actually kind of cool. An unusual feature of pigeons is their ability to drink by sucking fluid through their bills rather than tilting their head back like most birds. So if you actually watch a pigeon in a puddle, you'll see a different behavior than like a bird who's landing in a bird bath. Interesting. So most birds like what? Scoop and then tip their head mm-hmm. back? And, and pigeons, pigeons just straw it up? Yep. Through their beak. That's cool. That is cool. Seems like a much better design, but who am I? In a Coast Guard project called Project Sea Hunt, pigeons were actually more accurate and effective in identifying human shipwreck victims than people. I believe it. There's a lot of research, including pigeons. We're going to go through some of it, but they've tested everything from their perception of time and space, which pigeons actually have to an extent. They can identify words, they can identify shapes and textures, and they can sort by category. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good job, garbage birds. So we'll go into some detail there, but that's just kind of a collective fun fact of things. Nice. Yeah. Pigeons are able to acquire orthographic processing skills, which form part of the ability for them to read and basic numerical skills equivalent to those shown in primates. Wow. So similar to my previous fun fact, but more specific in like the comparison to primate. Wow. That's impressive. Mm -hmm. In both world wars... Oh, we touched on this. This is the full fact. In both world wars, rival nations had huge flocks of pigeons that were messenger pigeons. They delivered critical updates, and the avians saved thousands of human lives. One racing bird named Cher Ami, which, (laughs) Ami, completed a mission that led to the rescue of 194 stranded U.S. soldiers on October 4th, 1918. Well done. Well done. Right? That might be a fun little one to look into for the 125th hour. That's a a maybe we can put in that category. Some of the others that I thought were interesting was that Charles Darwin and Nikola Tesla, big pigeon fans. Nice. Pigeon breeding was already very popular during Charles Darwin's phase. He owned a diverse flock. During his phase. His phase. His life. His phase. phase. During the Charles Darwin phase, he owned a diverse flock and joined a London pigeon club. He hobnobbed with famous breathers, and his passion for the birds influenced his 1868 book, The Variation of Animals and Plants Under Domestication, which has not one, but two chapters about pigeons. And they even made a note here that dogs and cats only get one chapter together. So the pigeons get two. (laughs) He really liked pigeons. Nikola Tesla was another great mind who enjoyed pigeons. He used to care for injured wild pigeons in his New York City hotel room, and he grew very close to one pigeon, which was a white female. He once said, I loved that pigeon. I loved her as a man loves a woman, and she loved me. When she was ill, I knew and understood. She came to my room, and I stayed beside her for days. I nursed her back to health. That pigeon was the joy of my life. She needed me. Nothing else mattered. As long as I had her, there was purpose in my life. And reportedly, he was inconsolable after she died. Aw. Yeah. It sounds like he really loved that pigeon. Maybe too much. Maybe too much. Maybe too much. But you know what? He really loved that pigeon. And and I'm happy for that. Yes. Fun fact about pigeons is that you can train them to be art snobs. So Japanese psychologist Shigru, I apologize, Wantanabe, I also apologize, 
and two colleagues uh, earned a Nobel Prize in 1995 for training pigeons in a lab setting to recognize the paintings of Claude Monet and Pablo Picasso and to be able to distinguish between the painters. Pigeons were even able to use their knowledge of Impressionism and Cubism to identify paintings of other artists in the same movements. In a 2009 experiment, captive pigeons he borrowed were also shown almost two dozen paintings made by students from a Tokyo elementary school. They were taught which ones were considered good and which ones were considered bad. He then presented them with two new paintings and the avian critics managed to correctly guess which one had earned bad grades from the school's teacher and which ones had earned good grades. So they were able to determine based on color, texture, and general appearance. Wow. I probably yeah. couldn't even do that. Right? Well, I also think art is subjective. So like those pigeons are kind of rude, but like very impressive that we can identify that they could do that. Yes, that is for sure. Pigeons can also distinguish between written words and just a string of letters. So there was a group of scientists in a 2016 study that taught pigeons the difference between the string of letters and actual words. The pigeons in the study built up a vocabulary between 26 and 58 written English words. The birds couldn't actually read them, but they could identify a visual pattern between a word and a string of letters. Wow, that's very impressive. And our last pigeon fun fact is that they're actually really good at multitasking. So according to one study, they are more efficient multitaskers than people are. Scientists at Ruhr, I'm going to butcher this, Ruhr University Bacham? I'm really super sorry. Put together a test group of 15 humans and 12 pigeons and trained all of them to complete two simple jobs, like pressing a keyboard once a light bulb came on. They were also able to be put in situations where they needed to stop working on one job and switch over to another. In some trials, participants had to make the change immediately. During these test runs, humans and pigeons switched between jobs at the same speed. But in other trials, the test subjects were allowed to complete one assignment and then had to wait through 300 milliseconds before moving on to the next, and the pigeons were able to start their next job more quickly than the humans were. Wow. Go pigeons. Go pigeons. I think that's where we're going to leave our pigeon facts for tonight because I could go on of all the random experiments that they've done with pigeons and how people use them, but I think for tonight we've covered quite a bit of pigeon ground, so thanks for letting me talk at you. Do with that what you will. If you have any comments, corrections, or topic suggestions of your own, you can email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It's also our website, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us there. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bambino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. 